yeah, the way this thread started is, damn it, Bucket Hat Bob, where's the Badger recap episode of You Said 100 Miles? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, and I was like, oh, we record the night. It's I coming. Down. <laughs> it's coming. <Good> jobs. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, um, there are people who are looking forward to this. That's one. nice. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of You Said One Hundred Miles. Like one zero zero miles? Like like a hundred. Like I don't even like to drive that far. I gotta tell you about I'm taking Italian lessons and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to my Italian teacher about this to practice and I know she is gonna be like, Oh, she misunderstood the numbers again. She didn't mean to say a hundred, she meant to say like ten. And then I'm already practicing the sentence of no a hundred. Yeah. No cento. Yeah. It's um, yeah, a hundred miles. Um, well, friend, did you do it? No. What? I ran a hundred and one point five. Actually. What? <laughs> you didn't tell me that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm in the. I, I picture it, listeners. I'm in the middle of Mariano's, like doing my shopping, and all of a sudden I get a text from Bob that just says, like, I have some bad news. And I know this is the day he's running the race. And I immediately was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, sorry about that. We're moving the microphone closer. And I was like, oh, no. What happened? And then he's like, oh, we're going to we're gonna have to retire. Who said? Uh, you said it's 100 miles. I did I did have a little bit of fun with that. So I, I apologize. I interrupted the introduction. Keep going. <laughs> Um, no worries. Um, I I am your host Bob. Uh, joining me as always, uh, Sass. Hello or Chow. Oh, Chow. Okay. Oh, do you ever watch Eddie Izzard? I do. Yeah. He has that. Um, or actually, I don't know pronouns uh, anymore. I believe they're going by she now. She now. Okay. Or all of them. I think they might have said they're going by all of them. Let's go with she, just in case. Okay. Um. The joke about like riding a Vespa. The Vespa, like I'm the Pope Ciao. of Rome. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. But um. <clears throat> yeah. So, um. You know, we started this podcast. What? A l- maybe about a year ago. Maybe a little more. I want to say that's about right. Yeah. I feel like we. I. I'd have to look it up, but I feel like. The first episode was like maybe July of last year. Maybe it was August. I don't know. Um, and with the whole premise being that we're just going to document my journey to finishing a 100-mile race. And at first it kind of looked like, well, maybe this would be a pretty short-running thing mm-hmm. because uh, I went to – had tunnel hill on my schedule and then well if you've listened this far you know how that went (laughs) and it's been really interesting because i think the show's become a lot better as a result of that and it's forced me personally to go into a, a lot deeper reflection and to really get 
disciplined to a level that, um, you know, I've never really had to do mm-hmm. before to, to get this done. And um, even even through months where maybe it really didn't seem like it or I was being, uh, I was talking about it kind of casually, like, oh, yeah, no, five, 50 mile a week or whatever. But um, it really, the last year has been very, as particularly the last about nine months has been pretty intense. And I hope that's come through mm. on the podcast. I th- and we've had a, a lot of really good episodes. And then, you know, it all led into Badger. Um, I gotta it, tell you, Bob, I really thought like when we started this podcast that like, you would be like doing this really amazing thing, and then I would just be here like juggling in the background, like mm-hmm. with jokes, like waka waka waka. <laughs> and like even I, like I feel like at the end of this, I was really thinking about it. I'm like, my God, I think I did a lot of self reflection about running and mm-hmm. came to a conclusion about it. Oh my God! <laughs> but also waka waka waka. But also so. waka waka. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting, and you know, definitely many thanks to um, all our fans. Uh, who have, you know, reached out to me and, um, you know, given me feedback and, you know, lots of encouragement. Um, Before we get too deep into this episode, I mean, again, you'll have seen the episode description. (laughs) I did finish the Badger, um, and we're going to talk about that in depth. Yes. Yes. and kind of go through it and what it what it really meant. Um, one of the things coming back to the fans of the show that was so incredibly cool was the morning of the Badger and even the day before. So packet pickup was the day before at Dots um, Tavern in uh, up in Wisconsin and. People were coming up to me to just introduce themselves mm. and say, "Hey, I I heard you on the pot. I heard you on Ten Junk Miles, and then I went and listened to your podcast, and I think it's great. And you know, good luck tomorrow, so on and so forth. Um, and that was just so so incredibly cool. And to hear from other people who have reached out and said, you know, I'm, you know, this is inspiration for me. Um, somebody reached out and told me that they weren't going to come to Badger. They were, they weren't really feeling it and they, um, they were going to, they were just not going to go. But after listening to this podcast, they decided, no, they were, they signed up, they're going to go and get it done. And, um, I don't know if that person really wants their story out there, so I won't, I'll leave the name out, but um, they did finish. And, oh, um, nice. you know, th- that's that's really cool. And I'm glad that um, even now, before we've really done a lot of publicizing of it, that it's had an impact on people. And I've just kind of thought about it a little bit in terms of the difference between what we did here with this podcast and publishing it along the way versus what a lot of projects that are similar to this would do. 
you know, I, I'm thinking specifically of a documentary um, that I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, but once is enough. Okay. Um, is about a guy who, um, long story short, after his mother died, he wanted to do something incredible in her memory. And so he said, I'm going to go run a hundred miles. And it goes through his story and everything he did. And, um, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. And, you know, I watched it and it was, you know, that was inspiring to me. But what was, what's different about that is, you know, it's after the fact, it's all edited. Like there wasn't, there wasn't the, the risk of going out and trying again and failing because that, that, that movie's not coming out until he finishes one. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we've also had the opportunity for people to provide feedback, tell us what they like, what they want to hear more of. Um, and that's been great. And again, for people to actually come and reach out to me, I've had people find me at races this year I said, you're bucket hat Bob. Aww. And like, that's just really cool. And um, so thank you to, to everyone who's reached out. It's immensely appreciated. Um, and for, I know, I know the real story. I know everyone just wants to get sass out Aww. to a race. <laughs> and I'm like the consolation prize. No, but, don't say that. But... <laughs> But yes, thank you all so much. <laughs> and I'm just I'm gonna th- throw in a quick thank you too. Like I I really felt like when you when you asked me to do this, I was I was kind of like like this is a really cool idea, but I don't I don't know who would listen to us. Not like in like a, a not like in like a this is a dumb idea kind of way, but just like I don't know. Do people listen to podcasts like this? This is a really cool idea, but like eh, maybe we'll get like three or four people. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> and then like you were like we got more than three or four people, and I'm like so like ten, and you were like no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it, it it's it's crazy um that it has blossomed to what it is um and you know uh, I, I i'm hoping that this podcast becomes a resource ultimately for people who are um looking to run 100 miles and that you know, they'll go and they'll listen to these 15, 16 episodes, whatever it ultimately ends up being. Um, and, you know, uh, sadly, I you won't be able to, if you're re- listening to this in the future, you're not able to join along at the, in real time. But even still, um, you know, hopefully I'll still be out there mm-hmm. and still running ultras. And we'll, we'll talk more about that um, towards the end of this episode. And uh because I, I always love to hear your stories and to run with In fact, there was one person who actually like tracked me down Aww. during the race just to come and run a few miles with me. Um, and that was really cool. Um, and that was a wonderful conversation. So... Um, it looks like you will occasionally send me like screen prints when people mention me. And I'm always like, oh my God, this is... What? It's so flattering. I'm not actually. I didn't run a hundred miles. Like, <laughs> but so that thank you. That's always very, very kind and very, very sweet and appreciative when when you say something nice about me. Because 
it does it does get back yes it does get back there i do i do let i do i do pass it along it's very nice so um you know there there's we we could easily talk forever about the race and i do know as we've gotten some direct feedback that you know we, they want some excruciating detail today well, and i don't know anything yet like i know you finished but yeah. like give me the deets man give me the details like t- <laughs> tell me about the race how'd it go what'd you do yeah um How big were the blisters like go for it <laughs> so um so let's pre-race um you know i i learned a and we talked about this in our last episode. I learned a lot of lessons from Tunnel Hill. You know, I gave myself a lot more time to actually prepare for the race. Not just in terms of training, but in terms of like the couple of days beforehand to get everything in order and to get up there with, you know, plenty of time so I'm not rushing. And uh, that was all immensely appreciated. Um, and, and was it? was very valuable so you know I, my brother mike flew in and he crewed me um as did um my pacer paul and his girlfriend Lindsay. She, um so she worked with my brother um and they, they you know so they were all there for me um so but let's start with like you know so we get up there we get mike comes in wednesday um or thursday we drive up um to wisconsin friday we do pack a pickup hang out with people and that was really cool it was just nice to hang out with people mm-hmm. at dots um and see all these people who i i you know i talk with on a daily basis on slack um or in the facebook group and hang out with them for like an hour hour and a half and then and erica came up with izzy and that was cool um to have them be part of it even though they weren't able to come um you know on sunday and then we go back to the hotel and so i had spent a good amount of time actually making sure that i had things ready for my brother because my brother had no experience with ultra running or any running racing period oh wow i didn't know that okay not marathon not half marathon like no experience whatsoever with the world of um foot racing and so knowing that i was like okay he's he's gonna need some resources so i actually i put together this binder for him and it just has um it has a checklist it's got um it's got like list of the aid stations and where he can go and some pacing plans which ultimately would uh prove to not be very helpful um and you then, can't see me but i'm salivating like this is i love this shit like this, we're gonna put it in a binder with like yes a, and or when you can't see them but some of the charts are color-coded like yeah. oh nice yeah i got I, even the color printer and and laminated oh my god let me see the laminated oh oh look at that it's a, okay so it's a little like um so these are these are the courses and like the idea of when you would hit each um each each place is that well, what this let is? me let me see yeah, that i've got a couple of these so okay so this was um so there's this website called ultra pacer 
which is really cool. It lets you like actually input a course okay. into it and then like you can specify all of the aid stations and what their distances are and then you can create a pacing plan based oh, on that. that's interesting. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, it, whether or not, however far you deviate from your pacing plan, it's like it's good for visualizing and preparing yourself. Now, I went into it. So that's what these cards are. We'll talk about pacing a little later. So these were like for me to carry um, my brother in, in the in the binder. There's um, there were more detailed ones for him to reference as he needed. Um, and I, I got to give credit to um, Kevin Jordan and I believe Jesse Canfield uh, because the checklist that I used in here actually came from the spreadsheet that we used for Kevin at Western States. And I believe he got that from uh, Jesse Canfield and I modified them at like my hydration plan, all sorts of stuff. So I was really just trying hard to give my brother the stuff that he would need um, or, and just information, you know, like I've got the runner manual printed for him in here um, so he could refer to that. And when, one last thing I did in this manual that I thought was really cool, um, and based on, this was, again, another one of those things based on our experience at Western States, I printed out all the entrants to the race with all their bib numbers mm-hmm. and their names because as as you're sitting there waiting around as crew, like you see people over and over, and you might, you'll see their bib number and be like, I wonder who that is. He could look it up in here. Oh, that's if he smart. Wanted to. That's nice. Because you could find it online, and there was live tracking. Um, but if you didn't have cell signal or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just nice to have the reference. So and it's it's nice to like cheer people on, like with their name. Like it's always yeah. really cool. I feel like to just be yelling like, "Yeah, go! You can do it!" But like, if you know somebody's name, like that's kind of really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that that was that was cool. Um, so. You know, so it was like, okay, I've got to give him as much resource as possible. And and this is not uncommon. Like, when people go and do their first race that they need crew, um, and whether that's, a, you know, might be a 50-miler or 100K, or it's your first 100, like, you're, you know, good chance you're going to be asking someone to come do this for you who is not an ultra runner. Um who does not necessarily understand what you want and what you need in the middle of the race. And to a certain degree, you might not know yourself because you haven't gone through it. Um, but anything you can do in advance to take away ambiguity will give your crew person or people, like, it'll take cognitive load off of them so they can react to you better in real time. So that was pre-race. We went to the hotel, taped up, went to bed, actually got a couple hours of sleep somehow. And then up in the morning um, and down to Belleville, or not to Belleville, Orangeville. The race starts in Orangeville. Okay. So let's describe the course for people. Okay. Um, because that's going to be critical to a lot of this conversation. So the course... Starts in Orangeville, Illinois. Then it runs 
uh, up into Wisconsin through the towns of Monroe and Monticello and Belleville. And then on the first, on the out, you also go for the hundred milers, you go up to Dot's Tavern um, and then you come back. So, and then you go all the way back to Orangeville and then you do one more out to Belleville. Um, So the first two laps are a little longer and that's ultimately how you get to 100 miles on this course. So, um, so for reference, it, the the uh, the town of Monticello that is going to be the Hollywood Aid Station, which we'll refer to um, in the podcast. Um, and I will actually put a, li- a link to the course, um, the 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 route. In mm-hmm. the show notes for today, um, because it, it's going to be hard for me to to I'm not going to be able just to keep going back and explaining where these aid stations are. So if you get lost, um, you know, I hate to give you homework, but <laughs> but, but it's it's just going to be a little easier um, or don't worry about it and just enjoy the show. I have a pr- really serious question, actually. Um, do they decorate the aid stations based on theme? I'm just so, I'm, I'm just saying if they don't they should that'd be a cool thing to do. Uh, so yes, yes, yeah, yes. A, a lot of the time, um, and and different aid stations go to different lengths. Mm. So what's cool, um, and this is you know very common in ultras is like you'll get you have an aid station captain who's mm. in charge of that aid station, and then they um. And then based on th- who the aid station captain is and the crew that they have volunteering, like, they may go to, like, insane lengths to decorate yeah, okay. and uh, and have, you know, just a really cool environment for runners to come into. That sounds incredibly cool. You know, but even the ones who don't go crazy, I mean, they're still rock stars out there making awesome aid stations for uh, you know and um you know because and that's that's the most important is like you're uh, like volunteers um helping you out at those aid stations getting you food getting you hydration Mm -hmm. whatever you know whatever it needs what you need in that moment of time so um but yes the 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 themed aid stations are fun very cool um i will i'll have to show you there were a couple of aid stations um, that I've seen this year mm-hmm. that have been this like unbelievable. At the Sugar Badger, yeah, um, there was an aid station that was themed Willy Wonka. Stop it! And they <gasps> went crazy all out. Like it was creepy. Almost. Oh, that's so cool! It's, it was really cool. And the um, uh, I'll give a shout out to um, Jason Vecnis. Uh, if I think I said that right, sorry, Jason. Um, he he owns um and sells a, a sports drink called Regain. Okay. Um and he got you know, he he got called in to, to fill in for the aid station captain who um who uh, normally does it and he was just like, Yeah, we're going all out. Nice. Um anytime you can mix a sport with like an art project, I'm in heaven. Like it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I that's one of the really cool things about, you know, trail running is um 
like you can enjoy that stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're running a marathon or even if you're not running or if like you're an elite, like you're just so like on, on, on. Yeah. Like there's no point in decorating because the runner isn't going to appreciate it. But if you're, you know, running a trail race and the vast majority of the field is like they might be going for their, they might be trying for their best, but they're not competitive for the top. They're going to take a moment when they get to these aid stations and enjoy. And that's what I did. You know, it was nice. Like, and I get a lot of, every aid station I knew somebody. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Um, like, I don't think well, I would have even thought to ask before, like, are they decorated? Like, it just, I just would have assumed no. Like, that, yeah. like, there's probably really cool people there, maybe in t-shirts with food and drink and, like, a tent maybe kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But then you said they had names. And I was like, wait a minute, are they decorating these things? So... The Hollywood Aid Station. Mm-hmm. This one's this one's kind of unique at Badger because it, it's run by the Aid Station captain is Holly Lindroth, mm-hmm. who is one of the co-hosts on Ten Junk Miles. Oh, very cool. Okay, and so she runs that. You know, most of the time, like the Aid Stations are just named after what town they're in or maybe what road crossing they're on or something like that. Um, but and in fact, if you look in the race book, Hollywood is referred to as Monticello mm-hmm. um, in one or two places. Um, but because Holly runs it, Hollywood. it's Hollywood. Uh, but I'm She's sh- got a banner she puts up. Nice. Um, so it's it's very cool. And um, in Hollywood, you hit th- – so you hit that aid station three times. Um and the third time you hit it is at mile roughly 91. So um, when you get when you come through it the third time, they give you a ban- special bandana. Aww, that's um, nice. And they do that too for the other distances. It would be on your just on the the second time through because mm-hmm. none of the others do it three times. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. But I'll I'll talk more about Hollywood later in the race um so yeah you got the you got the cool aid stations i got people i know at literally all the aid stations and that was just like a huge morale boost from the start it's like i know every aid station i'm getting to there's going to be somebody i know um and you know if everything goes completely awry Mm -hmm. like there's always going to be somebody at the aid stations who I can turn to, you know, if I need to. Sure. So, um, and one more note on the aid stations. So, as as is common, not your crew can't go to every aid station. Mm-hmm. Now, it's largely because of parking and safety issues. Okay. You know, some, a lot of these places are just places you can't, that just don't have anywhere for you to park or like around a turn on a, a you know a backcountry road so it's like for for safety reasons like you just can't have crew there now what 10 junk miles has done really well in setting up this race is that you can see crew at every other aid station mm-hmm. so you're never more than 10 miles from your crew so that's really nice okay um and in fact, when you get up to 
when you get up to Belleville, the Belleville dots Belleville turn, you can see your crew at Bel uh, dots too. So then for that stretch, it's every every five miles. So, um, so yeah, let's get into the race. Let's do it. Um, you know, we so there's we're at the park. Race starts at six a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, Scott comes up, gives his um gives his intro um in his speech at the beginning and um i just in the back of my mind i had like 10 more minutes before he started doing his speech and okay. and that was not the case and there was so i ended up rushing like a little bit right at the very last second to get up to it and there was no reason for it i was at the park mm -hmm. like way early so um it, it was like okay this is dumb why am, why did i get myself in this it didn't end up mattering but it was just like okay i'm right kind of rushing um so it starts they they walk you a quarter mile further down the trail mm -hmm. and um you start by going over a covered bridge in Orangeville. Oh, and that's really bridge. cool. That's it makes me think of like Sleepy Hollow. That is very cool. Yeah. I'll show you a picture. Of that. that that was that was really neat. So Do they play music? Like cuz usually I'm used to like there's a speech and then they like fire a gun or something or a horn goes off and they're like okay, go and then there's music playing and you kind of start it a little faster than you should and then slow down. Like was that the case in this race? I I know Scott plays music at the start of his races. Okay. I can't remember if he was playing it or because it, you know, it's at the covered bridge. It's not like oh, okay. where, you so know, the little... normal start finish for all the other races is in the park with the sound system. All right, I all can't right. remember. And in that moment, it was just like, Oh, the adrenaline hit. And you yeah. were just like, go, 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 go. And you know, so, so, you, and I, I remember Holly was there. She was wearing this Hey Duck shirt. Okay. That I printed for her. Aww. <laughs> nice. And, and it was, it was, um. I promise I'm going to stop saying that's nice as soon as things stop being nice. Yes. <laughs> oh, don't worry. They will stop oh, being good. nice. Oh, good. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we kick off, um, and, you know, the, the, at the start of every race, I mean, there were, I don't know how many people actually ended up starting the race. Um, in the book I have, there's 149 about people okay. who were registered, but usually like a couple people don't actually start. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to say like around 140 people. Okay. So there's 140 people crammed onto this little trail, mm -hmm. which normally is more than enough space. It's double track. It's wide. It's, it was a rail trail, but you got like all these people and... So you start off, and, and it's always a little chaotic at the beginning of these races, as you kind of, as people kind of start fitting into like where they're going to be, mm -hmm. and start spreading out. Um, but yeah, it was fun to get to start, get to chat with people at the start line, and get going. So the first probably two miles just disappeared without even a thought, mm -hmm. um, and. So I remember distinctly looking at my watch at one point and being like, oh, we're at a mile and a half. All right. Only a hundred to go. <laughs> uh, this will be nothing. Um, and so, you know, we, we keep going. We get to the first aid station, which is which is it. 
um, just kind of a, it's just a water stop. Mm-hmm. There's just water on a table and coolers with ice. Okay. So that's really just in and out. Um, so when, when you run, like, do you have music on? Like, do you have an iPod or something like that you carry with you? Or are you just your phone or nothing? Like, I, so when, when I'm racing, I always carry my phone. Okay. Um, and I did have music. Okay. Um, for the first 60 miles. I didn't have it. I probably didn't turn it on until a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember exactly when, but whenever I'm, as, as long as I'm surround, I've got like a group of people around me. I don't like to have my music on. I like to be able to hear what's around me a lot mm-hmm. better. Um, once kind of things thin out, that's when I turned on my music. I can't remember exactly when I did, but okay. I did. I did at one point uh, turn on my music. And, uh, and, you know, I ran most, uh, I'd say probably 40 of the first 60 miles listening to music. Um, so we, so we get through this first water station shortly after getting to this first water station, I start having problems with my feet. Okay. Like the arches or like the ball of your foot or the, the injury we'd kind of been talking about a couple of podcasts ago. The outside of my heels. Ah, all right. Okay. This was a bad sign. Um, and, you know, I was kind of in between aid stations. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't anything I could really do where I was except to get to the next aid station. Okay. Um, the problem is that by the time I got to the next aid station, those hot spots had developed enough that um, that I that I was screwed. Okay. okay. <laughs> so by um, I didn't actually take my I don't think I actually changed. No, I did. I did change my socks and shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't there had there weren't blisters y- quite yet, but there were hot spots. Okay. So I switched. At mile 10, I switched into a wider pair of shoes. Okay. Um, and I changed my socks. I did not anticipate, or I did not think that there was any chance I was going to have to change my shoes that early in the race. And to, you know, to this day, I've given this a lot of thought. I still can't really figure out what I did different what I did wrong that morning with that shoe because it was a sock and shoe combination Mm -hmm. that I have run in before for much more than 10 miles and even and I've taped it before in that combination so it never had a problem now I do I do know like the outsides of my heels, that that those are my normal hot spots, which is why I taped them. Um, and you know, I I, I don't know. I you think like do, a muscle got tight somewhere, and like your, I don't know, like your IT band or something, and it just yanking everything else. I don't know. I I really mm. I really don't know. Like I've run in that sock shoe combination for thirty miles with a little irritation, but not not for me in the blitz, certainly not at 10 miles. So I switched into other shoes. 
and um, at that point, though, damage had been done. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as, you know, right after I left that aid station, like it felt better for a minute. And then right away, back into every step I took was ow, ow, ow uh. for 90 plus miles. Oh, whoa, no. Oh, I mean, well, maybe, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm both impressed and amazed you kept going because that sounded terrible. <laughs> I love that it did not sound nice. <laughs> no, that was not nice. That sucked. Um, that was re- that was really a shame because I, I and people are probably wondering what shoes did you start in, Bob? I started in the Craft CTM Ultra 2s and evidently a few people who had had started in those shoes and had to switch out of them early so um and so if any of the if any of y'all if that happened to you and you you got these shoes because i was talking about how much i love them i apologize that's um that's my fault but meet us in a dark parking lot in one week and then we will enact revenge yes we'll <laughs> we're taking these guys down, down. <laughs> it just sucked because they they were they work so well for me in training and you know i i used a pair that you know probably had about 80 miles on them um when when i went to start the race so that you know the broken in but not beat to hell i was like i just don't get it um maybe maybe it was something with that the particular humidity of that day because again other people seem to or had issues that day with those shoes so if you're listening to this don't wear those shoes um (laughs) for race day i guess i don't know it was it was really annoying i mean that was when we were going in when we were talking in the last episode Mm -hmm. what i said was my my biggest concern is blisters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because i know i do get blisters and in particular, these outside heel blisters, I've talked to a lot of people about them. I've read a lot of resources. I've read Fixing Your Feet. Like, there, there's, well, that's that's the best thing. Anytime yeah. you ask about for foot advice, the first thing, somebody's going to fly in and say, well, read Fixing Your Feet first. I did read Fixing Your Feet. Okay. I, I've, I did. Thank you. Now. We need to get past fixing because <laughs> this is not working for me. So um, I'm gonna go. I have a. I do have some ideas of things to try. Okay. Um, I'm looking for shoes now that have much flatter insoles, mm-hmm. especially at, at the heel, because you know, like most sh- most running shoes, most shoes period have like a contour in the insole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I want to. I'm gonna give um, some shoes a try that have just flat insoles. Um, okay. see if that helps. So mile 10 already having problems. Um, what was going well though, from the start, um, that I was happy with was, you know, I started a race feeling really good. I felt good that morning. Good. Um, um, and I thought, you know, my hydration plan worked pretty well. What didn't quite work out as well as I'd hoped was my salt plan. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, they kind of go hand in hand, but I, I probably should have been taking more salt throughout okay. the race. Um, do you do this via like a pill or like one of those chews or? I much prefer the chews. Okay. Um, I find the pills hurt my stomach. Okay. Okay. So the problem is then the chews don't have as much salt in them and you got to be like gnashing on them constantly. Okay. And it, it, it just becomes, it gets to be difficult to, to keep doing it. And, you know, one of the things I'm so glad I did was those sweat tests that I talked about before. Uh, on previous episodes because that really gave me a much better sense of like how much how much fluid I actually needed to take how throughout the race um and I kind of got an estimate on the salt and I just needed to go higher on the salt I really did um and uh that might have helped some situations we'll get to later in the race but we started off good I had Basically, I had three water bottles. Okay. One was filled with Tailwind. One was filled with um, can Energy Powder, which is like a starch. Okay. Um, and uh, in that, I also put LMNT, which is the saltiest substance known to man. <laughs> and then I had a third water bottle um, that was just water um, that I we also did Gatorade in it sometimes. Okay. So... And I set it up, I had, so I had the three and I was wearing a hip belt. I didn't wear a vest for most of the race because I wanted my back free to expel heat. I still have a beer gut, um, even though I don't drink beer really, (laughs) Um, but I still got the beer gut. So like all that heat can't escape, (laughs) right? So the only place it really can go is out the back. So I didn't want to wear a vest, especially during the day. That's smart, though. Yeah. So, you know, I wore the I wore the waist belt. It worked really good. I eventually switched back into the vest, and that was late in the race. I can't remember when, but just kind of like I'm just tired of having the, the waist belt on me. Like my hips were a little sore, so I switched to the vest later. But they both, um, they're both from Ultraspire. And they both hold the same water bottles. So that was a good combination to have. Um, I love those Ultraspire water bottles. I should show them to you. Sure. Because um, they're they're hard bottles, but they're super squishy. So, oh, so you can really... Interesting. You can you, grip them. You can grip them. You can squeeze them. And, they, and I have a holster for them, for the hand. Oh, the so <laughs> basically, I, I had two water bottles on my back at all times and then one in my hand. Okay. So was getting plenty of water um, hydration, just needed more salt. Um, I started, I was eating food at every aid station right from the start. Okay. I knew I needed that food. Um, so throughout, aside from the blister problem. Okay. For the, through, like, most of the race went really good. Like that's great though. Like you yeah. felt pretty solidly okay for most of it. I felt really good. Um, I got through. You know, I got through Monroe. I got through um, Hollywood, and then um, Belleville. Um, once I got so everything up to Belleville went well. Just felt good. Was going good. And in the morning, it was overcast, and it really wasn't that hot. So it, it was, like, real, like even though it was warm, mm-hmm. it wasn't terrible. 
and thank goodness the weather cooled off from the night before like we we got like a a huge drop in temperature overnight which is if it had been the mid 90s that it was the day before it would have just been a complete bloodbath out there so we got lucky um that the weather turned once i got to by the time i got to belleville um the sun had come out though and the stretch from belleville to dots which you do out and back is the most exposed part of the course so Mm -hmm. that was just like heat and pounding on you so throughout the entire race and this is one of the things i'm really proud of um i i was running some manner of interval i started the race with a um i think it was three minutes on 12 minutes walk okay um yeah that's right because that works out to 15 minutes yeah three to 12 which might seem kind of slow but it that was intentional because i worked out how much i sweat at different paces and i was like okay when i do the average pace like that's how much i can sweat and still like not lose too much water weight throughout the course of the race so I really dictated my race based on that. And, you know, that whole time, you know, my legs felt fine, you know, for the vast majority. You know, I had I had points throughout the race where my legs hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In fact, there were a couple of times where my legs hurt enough that um, it distracted from my my blister pain. Oh, (laughs) but silver lining, silver lining. (laughs) Um, Not too often. But so. um you know that that stretch from dots or Belleville to dots and back was was pretty rough. Um, that took a lot out of me. By the time I got back to to Belleville, um, one thing I should call well, the, this year for the race, they worked it out that there was a blues festival. Oh, in the Belleville fun. Park. So we got up there and there's this festival going on in the park oh that is very cool it was it was kind of fun i remember like as i was leaving the park as i was leaving belleville the second time like people stopped me to ask about the race i'm like what are you doing (laughs) how far have you run like this is what um were they worried they're like we've seen a runner every so often are you guys running from something (laughs) should we be is this okay (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty cool. It was cool. I, I it, it it was unfortunate because like we there was really no opportunity to enjoy it at all because mm-hmm. you're trying to get into the aid station out. But um, it was cool to see, and it was cool that they do um, try so hard to incorporate the community mm-hmm. into the race um, too. Um, so I get back to Belleville like. That's that that round took a lot out of me, but I left Belleville the second time, still feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, got to Tunnel Road, which is between Belleville, the aid station between Belleville and Hollywood. Okay, fine. It was feeling good. I was running with Steve Tersey. We had you know we had some good miles, uh, chatting back and forth. It was nice, nice, uh, nice time. And then the tunnel, there's a, there's a detour. So there's this tunnel that's, that goes through the hill 
the tunnel was closed because parts of the ceiling were falling. Oh. So the the like the first iteration of the race actually went through the tunnel. Um but now there's a tunnel detour. Hopefully it'll be gone next year. Um so you got to go up and over the hill. Okay. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> And it seems cruel at that point. Like, would you rather have taken the hill or dodged the possible falling ceiling? Um, I think if you gave the runners the choice, uh, 99 out of 100 are going to are going to take their chances. (laughs) Um, Without a doubt. But I mean, it's really not that bad. Um, You just got to take it slow. You just got to walk it and, and not not try to power through it. And especially the first two times you hit the hill. Like, it's really not that bad. Now, that third time you hit the hill, fuck that hill. We'll get to that. <laughs> See, I find any any increase in elevation while I'm running to be, like, a hate crime. I'm just like, what is this yeah. against me personally? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, halfway between the tunnel aid station and Hollywood. Um, go. So, this is going out, like... I just hit a re- I hit my first real low of the race. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm going to guess that was caused by low salt. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe not enough food. Um the combination like I I was I was in a bit of rough shape. Now, I got to the aid station. They filled me up with food. I think I changed my socks there. Mm-hmm. And we I, I remember we looked at my blisters and we're like Okay, they're kind of small. They hurt like a motherfucker, but they're they're still small. So we'll lube up my feet, put trail toes on it, put on a fresh pair of socks. We'll go. They're going to get bigger. I'll pop them when they're bigger. Okay. Um, and we take off. Uh, or I take off. This is a disgusting question, but do you pop them with a needle? Yes, or okay. scalpel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, scalpel. Very fancy. Yeah. Um, I'll show you my blister kit. Ooh, uh, you got a kit. <laughs> I do have a kit. Um, so I leave Hollywood. Um, I got some food. I got to see friends. I got my see my crew, my pacer, and Paul was very ready to jump with me from Hollywood. So the so I could have grabbed the pacer at Belleville the second time, but I had put in my mind that I for myself i needed to get to mile 60 without a pacer like that that was just something i had to do and um so I, you know i told him cuz he knew what he they could see i was hurting um and i said no i will see you at monroe mm-hmm. just be there be ready to go at monroe and we'll do it and then Leaving Hollywood, um, I felt really good again, and I got to Gutsmer Road, which is between which is between Hollywood and Monroe, and uh, got in and out of there, and um, in fact, I, uh, caught back up with Steve Tersey, and then I ran with someone else for a while, um, and that was really nice. Like we ran a couple miles together and um like we got to like share our life stories a little bit and um you know and all the while i have my interval timer going okay so i'm still 
every time that every time that interval timer went off, run. Okay. Then walk and run and walk and just kept that up. And this that was kind of like the magic thing to me is like I kind of just got to a point where it didn't matter that I hurt. It didn't matter that I was tired. The timer went off. I got to run. Um, There's like a weird, I have found like hazy space you can get in your head. I don't know if this is yeah. like a runner's high. Um, where even if you are in pain, like you're kind of like, I'm in a rhythm now. Do you th- Is that what it felt like? Or you were just kind of into the flow so much that that went off and you you were growing? I think it was... I think it was just the flow. Nice. And as my pacer would call it, the nothing box. The nothing box. Okay. Like, I, you know, Bob's not here. Bob's- oh, you're like, you're checked out a little bit. You're just yeah. going forward. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not making, because you don't want to make decisions mm-hmm. in the middle of a race. You just want to follow orders. Mm-hmm. And whether those orders are coming from your pacer or your watch or an interval timer, whatever, you're just executing the plan okay you know and you have to be able to adjust your plan and deal with what comes to you along the way um because i mean let's talk about the plan so i you know i went into it and there was a part of me you know i kind of looked at it and what's weird is when you start looking at the 100 mile distance small differences make huge time differences um and so like I was looking at I was like if if I have an incredible day and nothing goes wrong, twenty six hours is not infeasible mm-hmm. when I look at that pace. Um I thought twenty eight hours was probably more realistic and I really just wanted to beat thirty hours. Okay. Spoiler alert, I wouldn't get any of those. Oh. But that's okay. When uh, you're when you're in like you described as a no, no, your friend uh, said the nothing box. Is this like if somebody comes up to you and asks a question, can you are you just not going to respond? Or if I, I don't know, I could come up to you and be like, Bob, what's your middle name? And you would just immediately respond kind of a thing. Or no, is like, or you're just not there. Um, There there was kind of both happening. OK. Um, Most of the time it was like I was still responsive. Like, you know, if Paul was telling a story or, you know, someone asked me a question. Yeah, I was perfectly mm-hmm. fine to respond. What what was interesting after Monroe, the second time, so now we're going out towards Orangeville, is I got the sleepies so, so bad. Okay. Um, Food couldn't fix it? I think I desperately needed a lot more caffeine. Okay. okay. Um, and I just didn't have enough in me. And... Um, and I, you know, I had not had that experience of being that tired, Mm -hmm. like at all yet. Um, I had done the, when I paced Paul at Kettle Moraine, um, you know, I ran overnight and I did have one like little section where I got sleepy. So I, I expected I'd get a little sleepies. I did not expect what I ended up going through. And I know I'm going to get um, somebody commenting that I should have done the work all day Friday and then go out and run all night comment. And he's not wrong. Hmm. Scott, you're right. 
Um, <laughs> but I just couldn't, I, I couldn't um, manage to squeeze that, that particular training run in. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. I, I still made it. So, um, but it was challenging to get through. Like there were points where um, on, on that section, like I was sleep running. Mm-hmm. Like Paul said, he turned around and I'd have my head back, jaw open, <laughs> eyes closed, just running, you know, like to the point like he held my hand oh, okay. to, so that I didn't like wander or run into a tree or yeah, something. Like, but, like... but, you know, just kept moving. Okay. Um, and then I believe it was right around that time. When I had my first hallucination. Oh, there's a first hallucination. <laughs> okay, what? Give, now, me, give me the story, Bob. Now, what was the first one? At least it's the first hallucination I remember. Um, Were these like the three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future? Like, did they tell you? Tell, tell me more. Tell me everything. Tell me everything. I'm fascinated. You, we we got a ride with hallucinations in front of us. Ooh. <laughs> so, the first hallucination... Um, you know, we're running down the trail. It's well after dark at this point, mm-hmm. um, which was great because I got after dark all day. I'd been wearing a sun hoodie, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. I didn't have to put on nearly as much sunscreen throughout the day because of it. I, of course, had my bucket hat on. Um, that was great. But as soon as I got to Hollywood, I was like, sun's down or it's almost set. I switched into a much lighter T-shirt. I put a bandana on instead mm-hmm. And just went out and cranked. And so I, I took my headlamp with me. I actually barely used it um, on that first section because it was the sun, the, the moon was out and the trail, like there wasn't a lot of um, canopy cover on that section of trail. So I could see perfectly fine. Was you it know, a full moon? I, yeah, almost. It was like, I think the full moon was Tuesday. Okay. So it was pretty close so that was great because i hate wearing headlamp it always gives me a headache so i was like as much as i cannot use it the better and when i got with paul paul had his headlamp on and this trail is so nice like as long as he had his headlamp on i didn't need to wear it so you know i kept my headlamp around my neck and for the few times that i really did need it i could put it back up real quick but um in general, I just followed him. Now, he's got his headlamp pointed down, and in sections of the trail, there's plants growing in the middle. Um, and some of these plants, like, kind of had, would cast, like, a star-like shadow. Okay. Well, there was one point where a giant spider tried to kill me. Oh, no. I, Sass, it was... It was so real. Okay. And so big. Like and big like Lord of the Rings big? like Or like big like my hand big? Probably like bigger than your hand. Ugh. I'd say like as, like as big as like a book. Sass doesn't fuck with spiders. Sorry to swear, but she doesn't. <laughs> the, this It scared the bejesus out of me. And Paul was like, what the, what's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> but what was great about that? Is as soon as like as he started bobbing his head, and I realized what happened, and I was like, it made I was like, okay, I'm hallucinating, 
Okay. I can't trust what I'm seeing. <laughs> and we're just like, that, that was actually a huge relief. Like, there was like, okay, I know this is something that's gonna, that I'm going to deal with. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd deal with it as long as I did. I thought it'd be like mostly just overnight, but. <laughs> How long did you hallucinate the first one, do you think? Like an hour? Well, I mean, these hallucinations are not like, you know, I don't have uh, like the Care Bears following me along <laughs> on the trail. It's like, it, it, it's, these hallucinations are like, just visual misinterpretations by your brain. Like your brain is just, your brain is just so tired. So you think you're seeing like, okay, what you're actually seeing is like a shadow, but your brain is going like, it's a giant spider. Right. It's like the first thing, like this is, and it's, that's what I saw. You know, it's like, and that's, and I knew that was a possibility. I've, I'd heard that's what's happened. Um, now, I don't think I had any auditory hallucinations. Some people get that. Um, if I did, I, they didn't register as weird enough to me okay. to stand out. Um, but I would go on to have a number of them and we'll, we'll get to some more. Um, but we're getting, we're going, we're getting down there. We get to the water table aid station and that, I think between that water table aid station and Orangeville was the lowest point of the race for me. Okay. I was so unbelievably tired. I could not keep my eyes open. And physically, this is the weird thing. Like, I didn't, like, it wasn't like my body hurt. It was just tired. Like, it was, can't keep my eyes open. It wasn't like my body was drained and I can't, I can't take a step. I was still moving. Mm -hmm. Just so, all I wanted to do was sleep. So, we get to Orangeville, and here's a fun thing. So Orangeville's in Illinois, and it's like I don't know a couple miles from the border of Wisconsin. So you, you do you do do an interstate transit, and um, so it's like you get to that sign that says you're entering Illinois, and I like I remembered from the beginning of the race how fast we got there, and. Then from that sign till we got to Orangeville, I'm convinced took 17 hours. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you couldn't, you can't convince me otherwise. It it was just such a slow, and that was the, you know, the entire race. The entire well, I'll say the the entire rest of the race, I never thought at all that there was that I would not finish. I mm-hmm. was, I was, and I want to talk about that in a moment, but okay. this is, that section right before I got to Orangeville was the only time I had any doubt in the entire race. And it's funny because I passed somebody I knew, Oak Miller, who was running the other way and he's like, yeah, you look good. Um, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, oh that's not like, true. I don't feel good. Um, it was the only, and it wasn't like, the thought that went through my head wasn't, oh my God, I want to drop. The thought that went through my head was, I've got 30 miles to go, and this last 10 miles was so unbelievably hard. Like, how am I going to do this? Okay. And, but let's go back to 
you don't make decisions in the middle of a race. Okay. Like, I I didn't ask myself the question, do you want to drop? Because I'd made up my mind. Mm-hmm. Going into the race, there was only two ways I was not finishing the race. Mm-hmm. And those were somebody medically pulled me from the race. Okay. And the other is if I was to miss a cutoff. That was it. There was there was just even when my feet I started like having the blister problems early, um, even as I would have, you know, the 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 low moments starting before Hollywood the second the No. I was I came to finish. Um I think you saw the shirts I had. Mm-hmm. You know, my motto through the entire thing was finish what you start. Okay. And um, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about this in more detail um, about kind of my motivations behind it. And um, to go back to the story of my mom for a moment, um, I've never been a hundred percent convinced that her overdose was purely accidental. Okay. Um, I have no, I have no hard evidence to suggest that it was intentional, but I've always had this doubt in my mind. Okay. And thinking about it and like going into this race, the thing that really pushed me through the hardest points was I don't ever want my daughter to think that I gave up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I get pulled, if I miss a cutoff, if I fail, that's different. Failure happens. And there's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to give up when I could keep going. Okay. No. And yeah. So that was that was just very powerful and very much pushed me through so much discomfort, so much pain. And um you know, throughout the race it was there was a lot of problem solving like here's um I'm hot, like let's get the ice bandana on or um I'm, I need more food here, eat this, uh, you know, or uh, the sleep problem. Um, it was just always, and, and I had to like tell Paul this at one point, I'm like, Paul, I'm, I'm not telling you these things Mm -hmm. because I'm looking for a reason to drop. If I'm telling you I'm experiencing something, it's because I'm looking for a solution. Okay. Help me solve the problem. That's, that was smart to let him know ahead of time because Especially if you're just, I mean, not used to, I don't think a lot of people are used to being around somebody who's running this distance and you would be like, do do they want to drop? Is this too bad? Like, should I pull them off? And yeah. And so, so yeah, I'm glad I communicated that for that reason too. And, and, you know, Paul, he's a, you know, he's run a couple hundreds now. He's a fantastic runner. I mean, let's be honest. Paul is a much stronger runner than I am. So running with me is a, you know, it's just not what he's used to, you know. And so he I'm sure um, in his mind, it was probably like he wasn't sure where I was at. He didn't know. Am I at the breaking point or 
am like where am I and so I did have to communicate that to him um, throughout um, and that was great and it was awesome to have a pacer who's been there before in a hundred miler I mean it was great that he ran with me for 40 miles mm-hmm. like he, he was a champ I absolutely like I, I I owe so much to him for that um, pacing gig and I mean he kept me running the whole way <laughs> like like there were a few times where I just felt so bad I'm like Paul I can't you know I need to walk a little bit more and he would let me walk we he'd let me skip one interval mm-hmm. and then it'd be back nope back wow. to it. and you know he we he went to a different he we didn't follow the interval set that I was doing earlier he he kind of went to more of a like one minute on one minute off after that and um and it, it wasn't that wasn't my original plan but I just flowed with it I was just mm-hmm. like I'm gonna trust that he knows what he's doing I'll do my best to communicate with him when I think he's pushing me too hard but I'm just whatever he says I'm just gonna do it okay and that worked I mean doing that I ran every there were there was not a mile of the race that I didn't run mm-hmm. a little bit and I'm very proud of that that's and, awesome though Bob like that's I mean yes the whole race is something to be proud of but like I mean that just the chunks of it I hope you're proud of them like even you and I've kind of talked about like what why are you doing this and it mm-hmm. sounds like you had a couple of reasons and that one of them really helped you in really rough parts of this yeah yeah it, it there's is we kind of get through the back third of the race here like there there are definitely things that we can uh, summarize as like things I could have done better. Well, I want to hear about the hallucinations. So. Um, we got more. Oh, don't good. worry. Oh, I am on the edge of my seat. We <laughs> have not got to pickle man yet. <laughs> so, um, the, so leaving Monroe. So I got to Monroe again, a bunch of friends there. That was awesome. They hooked Mike's, my this was the one part of the race I was really struggling GI wise, like and I think, I think the pr- mistake I made was not planning well enough for that water aid table, like there was nothing really there was no there's no food at that aid station, and I just didn't carry enough, mm. leaving Monroe. Whereas like the rest of the race, every five miles is like I shove. 300 400 500 calories in my face and go now i've got a food desert and i didn't plan and i knew that like it's not it's not unfair like i'm not going to blame the race for that like i knew that's what it was um and even if i didn't understand it fully from the way it was on the 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 sheet which it does say it's water only so it's fair like i went through it once so like i know hey like it really is just water only. There's no like, you know, uh, ice cream truck sitting there waiting to give you. No. So I should I should have done better with that. I should have taken more food through there. But I get to I get to Orangeville and I had to sit. Now, every so 
I, like I broke the race up into 10 mile segments basically by where I could meet my brother and, and Lindsay and Paul. And that was really helpful. Um, and one thing, so one thing I did uh, was that I did sit at, at the aid stations my brother was at. And that's a dangerous move because you can sit and then not want to get back up. But I saw when I, this was another great thing that I got out of being at Western States. I saw Kevin sit at each of those aid stations that we met him and it just gave him a break and he just got up and went. And I was like, okay, so you, this, you can use the chair, Mm -hmm. but you just have to have that understanding in your head that if you sit, you're sitting only as long as you need to and you're getting up and going like you can't you can't ever say I just need like if the thought goes through your head I just need to sit for a few more minutes get your ass up and go mm-hmm. you know I sat there were there were, every time I sat it was like okay I'm gonna sit while I eat while I work on my feet um while somebody puts ice on me and then I'm gonna get I never stayed sitting because mm-hmm. I just needed to get off my feet and that was another one of those things like I just had to make that decision in advance. And that was that that proved very helpful. I think it gave me um, a very needed break throughout the race. Um, and I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I had that plan. So I didn't get sucked into the I'm just going to sit around. So got some good hot food mm-hmm. at Orangeville, got a good pep talk, headed out. Um, and then shortly after we crossed the Illinois border, uh, I had a, I had a coffee. Okay. That was cool. Um, shortly after the Illinois border back into Wisconsin, uh, the sleepies hit me real hard again, Uh. super bad. And I, 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 I turned to Paul and I said, Paul, I don't know what to do. I am so unbelievable. I can't keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just totally fucked. And we both, we talked about it for a second and then we both agreed. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a nap for five minutes. Okay. Then we're going to get up and run. I said, okay. So I just laid down right there on the ground. Okay. Hey, little dirt nap. Now, it ended up being seven minutes because Paul got distracted <laughs> by looking at stuff in like the sky or whatever. Yeah. But it, you know, seven minutes was up. He kicked my ass. We got up and we went. And here's a great thing: there were, there were, um, there was another runner with her pacer who passed us <laughs> while we were sleeping. <laughs> and then we passed them again later. And they, the the look on their face was like, you were like dead. Like, well, uh, we really Where? were worried for a second, actually. Like, I was yeah. like, well, that's a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> so we get we get back, and, you know, we get to the, the water aid table again, and um, at this point, the sun's starting to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling pretty good until I wasn't. Okay. And then I had another just really bad crash maybe a mile and a half from the Monroe aid station. And like, 
walking that last like half mile to Monroe, I was just such a, a zombie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul looked at me and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to Monroe. Mm-hmm. You're going to take one more nap. Mm-hmm. We'll get you up. We'll get you. And then we're going to go. And I said, okay. So like every, like the only thing it, it, like on my mind was like, get to Monroe. I need that quick nap. Because the first time it worked really well. Like it completely reset me. Mm-hmm. And I was I was actually like really bummed that like I got to, I got to, um, I had that second like really sleepy, really down moment um before monroe and i was worried like is this just gonna happen every couple miles from now to the fin like that was a that was kind of a, a shot so we get to monroe my brother gets a picture of me that's hilarious um and it, it's one of the one of the frames in the picture i posted <laughs> Instagram. and so we get there i cross the timing mat and i immediately step right out of the runner's path and fall over Oh. And, so, and my brother came up to me and he's like, Bob, Bob, you want to come lay in the sun? Cause you, you don't want to get cold. I'm like, Mike, I'm not going to get cold. <laughs> You're like, I'm like a furnace. I'm good. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to get cold. What's well, so, funny. You, you say that you talk about this because like, it makes sense to me that your body is probably going like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's nighttime and we didn't sleep. And now it's dawn and we didn't sleep. We're shutting the lights off, whether you want us to or not. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, like some people, there it is not uncommon that some people struggle with the sleepies, um, and people do. They do take these dirt naps, or they'll take a nap at an aid station. Um, and I, you know, I didn't go in with a plan to do that because I didn't know it would hit me that hard. Um, but um, I also think it hit me so hard just because. I just honestly did not eat enough food mm-hmm. in that Monroe to Monroe cycle. Okay. Um, and I didn't have enough caffeine. Um, I, if I was to do it again, that would be my number one goal is to, to do that segment of the trail better. Okay. Also don't get blisters at mile 10, but that section of the trail, <laughs> do that better. It's good to have goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, after we left Monroe, um, you know, at that point, there's 20 miles of the race left. Okay. And now we we were at Monroe a long time. Um, I didn't realize how long we were at Monroe until after the fact. And I looked at it and I was like, holy shit. Like, we were at Monroe for like 50 minutes. Okay. Um, but, like, Monroe is where we popped my blisters. <laughs> <laughs> So that this whole process took forever um, to get my get my socks off, clean my feet, dry them, pop them and, you know, bandage them and put um, new socks on. This took an eternity. Mm -hmm. So so I got a nap in there and the nap wasn't very long. I'm going to guess it was probably 10 minutes. I don't know. But then. Okay, I got up. They got me food. They're feeding me. They're giving me coffee. We're looking at my feet. And Paul, 
is going crazy. He's like, we got to be moving. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I just had to be like, Paul, if I don't, if I don't take care of, if I don't get myself right right now, mm-hmm. we risk not finishing. Okay. Yes, it sucks we're losing time right now, but I got to get myself right. And took did the one foot, which it was interesting. The The, the left foot hurt a lot more. Mm-hmm. So we did that one. And then we were talking about, do we want to do my right foot? Because it wasn't hurting as much. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what, but I said, you know what? I do want to do it. Let's take it off. And as expected, the and it says these blisters were huge Ugh. on my heels. They were ridiculous. I said, let's do let's do the other one. As expected, there was another giant one over here. It just didn't hurt as bad. But what I didn't know, okay, there's this bulbous giant blister between my big toe and the toe next to it. Oh no, the little webbing place. It didn't hurt. I didn't know it was there. Huh? Like. I was like, well, that's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, you know, we, we, we popped it, we squeezed it out and bandaged it. But I was like, you would have expected like, oh, that's a really sensitive area too. Like you'd have been, your whole I, body I th- should have been like, what is this? I, I was like, I'm, I, I, okay, whatever. And I've never blistered between <laughs> my toes before. So, um, it's just so weird. Like there are times where I would be uh, come back from running and I would take my shoe off and be like, why is my sock full of blood? Uh-huh. Like, that's not good. Like, Oh, it was a blister. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, that, so the, and you know, I felt a lot better after that. Um, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so then, and I think it was at that point we said, you know, this is the last time I'm taking my socks off. Mm-hmm. We can get through 20 miles. Mm-hmm. Without me needing to change my socks, change my shoes. I, I, I mean, I did have a cha- one more change of shoes if I need But I'm like, no. The next time I have a chance to change my shoes will be at Hollywood. And once we're at Hollywood, we're just go like. It's like full speed ahead kind of a thing. So, you know, that getting through Monroe was the biggest challenge of the race. And, you know, a uh, big credit out to the Ornery Mule crew who works at aid station, Michelle Hartwig and her crew. Um, that was, uh, you know, they got me what I needed and we got, we got going. Um, so after like 50 minutes and peeing, it's stopping to pee one last time. <laughs> um, I had to pee a lot during this race. It was just constant. It was like, it's like the number of side trails just to, just, to pee is incredible and speaks to me not taking in enough salt. Um, so we we leave Monroe and we pass a couple people leaving Monroe, and because Monroe has a, a permanent detour because the the trail actually crosses a four lane highway, mm-hmm. and so that's pretty dangerous. Yeah. So they so they actually route it around it. Um, which ends up being a fair amount of pavement. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible, but it sounds like that sounds like it could be so dangerous though. Having a bunch of people trying to run a hundred miles with the last twenty left, yeah. playing a very terrible game of Frogger that I'm sure no exactly. one wants to be a part of. Exactly. So you know, that's fine, and that's the permanent detour. The last year, there was a place where 
um, there's a bridge mm-hmm. that goes over the uh, a road mm-hmm. that the trail's supposed to cross. A truck took out the bridge. What? Right, like a week before the race. Oh, sir. <laughs> put the race in danger of being canceled, and they find they he they managed to work out a detour, and I've heard so much bitching about this detour, <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I know people who are bitching about it are just they're, they're just, they they know like. This was the only way mm-hmm. that the race was going to happen, but it is still funny to to hear them complain about it. It's funny you actually say that because I was thinking as you were talking, like, oh man, they're doing this new thing now where you'll get bridges over highways. Maybe they can do that someday. And then you're like, well, there was one, but a truck took it out. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I I saw where that detour, or what they did. So they didn't replace the bridge. Mm-hmm. They just kind of cut a trail oh, down all right. to the side of it. Okay. And, um. So that, you know, it, it is what it is, um, you know, and I didn't have to run it. So it couldn't have been that bad. I mean, <laughs> like this didn't affect me personally. See, and I, I feel I wasn't even there and have no plans to run it. And I'm like, I'm going to complain about that, too. That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we you know, we get through the road. De- Once we're back on the trail. Mm-hmm. Um. From there, things went a lot more smoothly. I got the guts my road, feeling fine. I had food. Um, I had an awesome breakfast burrito. Um, and then, you know, off to Hollywood. Throughout here, um, I started having a lot more hallucinations. Oh, wow. how many more? Um, uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw bridges going over the trail and think of them like big stone, like fucking Roman aqueduct kind of deals, like all over the trail. And it's just, I, it's just like my brain saying, Hey, tree canopy, um, being a big cement bridge makes more sense than a tree canopy. Right. Sure. Um, saw that multiple times. Uh, at one point I saw, just a big cement building on the trail. Just a just a big building? Yeah, just a big building just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> I saw an ice cream truck. I feel like this is not true, but it'd be funny if you were like peering through the veil, Bob, and into an alternate universe <laughs> where there are Roman aqueducts all over For Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> so I saw that. I saw um I saw like houses that weren't there on the side of the trail. Um, I famously I saw a post. So Paul did a lot of um, like we're gonna run until that post. Okay, smart. Yeah. No, my dad used to do that with me when I was first starting. Yeah, I mean I wanted to kill him, <laughs> but Built it was very good. effective. Um, so at one point I was like, let's start at that post, and he's like. What post, Bob? Oh, no. It's like, I swear there was a post. (laughs) See, okay, the human brain is a wonderful, magical, complex, amazing thing. It is also the most, like, glitchy, like, put together with duct tape, 
um, wired by mice uh, creation yeah. in the world. So it's yeah. it is fascinating that you're telling me this. It actually makes like I feel like when when you told me like oh I hallucinated, I did think like oh like it's like the camera is following me around. So hearing that it's actually your brain seeing like a tree canopy and it's putting something else in its place, not only makes more sense but opens up the infinite horrible possibilities of all the things you could have seen. <laughs> Towards the like, I was still having hallucinations up until the very last couple miles of the race. Mm -hmm. Like one of the very last ones I remember was, um, there was a line of trees and there were like bushes in front of them. My mind made those bushes big pots, (laughs) and it looked like I was like, "This is weird. Why are those trees in pots?" Um. Like it's it's funny to think of like a, like a hallucination like you see in a movie where like a shark is talking to you or something. Yeah. But like this actually feels more like a horror movie because you're kind of like blinking and like oh that's not there where am I like that's actually really fascinating. Yeah, it was, and I'm glad I I, I had the realization that I was hallucinating yeah. early so that I wasn't freaked out by it. Um, but uh, yeah, the best, <laughs> the best one. Pickle Man. Okay, what is a, what 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 is Pickle Man? Explain Pickle Man to me. So, I, I at one point I saw this thing on the side of the trail, and the only way I could describe it was Pickle Man. So it looked like, um, kind of like a giant pickle Rick. Oh no. But like less menacing. Okay. Uh, That's good. That's good. It's a nice. It it looked like it looked like something like a deli, like back in the fifties, might put in front of the store. Okay. Like with a big smile and like his tongue out and big (laughs) eyes and like come have a pickle with your sandwich kind of thing. It's like now. Did you ever see like the the Looney Tunes frog and he's like, "Hello, my baby." Hello. Yes. Like that is your pickle in my head. Yeah, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good analogy. Yeah, I, it was. It, it. I just. I just stopped and just bowled over laughing. I. I was just. It was just too damn funny. Um. So yeah, the hallucinations um were quite something. Um and unfortunately they were mostly funny. So That's good. I mean the spider one though, like no thank you. And I'm I, I am glad that like nothing that you were aware this was going to happen because this feels like it had like the the opportunity to be very frightening and I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so now I'm sad there aren't Roman aqueduct uh, aqueduct bridges in, in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, you wouldn't miss an they, they really need to get on that. Like, come on, some stonework here, guys. <laughs> um. All right. So, getting to the end here. Um, we got through Gutsmar Road. I was in really good spirits, and you know, we got to this would like after Gutsmar Road would start the like. What, hap- what would happen throughout the remainder of the, the last 15 miles of, like, I, even if I didn't feel good, I just wanted to feel strong, and I would run without, like, out hesitation. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, we ran 
Uh, most of the last. So when you when you there's a point you turn around the trail and you can see the Hollywood Aid Station from a distance. Mm-hmm. You cross a road, mm-hmm. um, and then there's still it's still probably a quarter mile, if not a little more, from that road crossing to the aid station. And I just you know Paul said we're just running it into the aid station. And I said fuck yeah we are, and <laughs> you know we rolled in. You know, you would not have known how fucked up I was Mm -hmm. for the last 40 miles. (laughs) Um, Small smidgen of the race. Almost half of it. It's fine. (laughs) You know, like, and, and like, I just, I felt so good coming into there. And, and I think, I can't remember, it must have been there because by that time we would have missed the point of like, yeah, it, it, by then, 30 hours was long off the table. And I remember Paul was telling me, you know, we could still hit 1 o'clock. We could still hit 1 o'clock. And I it, I finally just said to him, I was like, Paul, 1 o'clock doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> you know. Time lost meaning is what you're telling me. Like, you hit that stage. No, it, not, not, not so much that as much as if I, you know, since being sub-30 wasn't going to happen. Okay. Like being at 31 hours versus being at 32 hours didn't mean anything to me. Okay. The only thing that mattered was to finish. Okay. So it was like, okay. Okay. That makes sense. So it was like, you know, I, I, I don't want to, cause you know, by this point the sun was well up. It was hot. Um, again. And I was like, I don't want to push so hard that, I I fall like we were worried about me being like um falling into another hole. Mm-hmm. Like let's just take it let's dial it down just a little bit and let's just ride it out and just finish strong. And um you know and like and I told him like when I get to Hollywood I've got a lot of friends at Hollywood. I'm going to want to take a minute to just enjoy that moment of being there and being with my friends and knowing I'm going to fucking finish this thing now. Mm-hmm. I've got more than enough time. Like unless a car hits me, I'm finishing this goddamn race. So it's like, and you just got to be okay with that. Paul. <laughs> you know and we yeah i don't think we were actually at hollywood as long as i i thought we might be either so that was good like but that was also like losing 30 hours was freeing in Mm. that way because it meant i i i you know finishing is the only objective and so i i cannot feel guilty about not being the best at eight stations. I cannot, I don't have to feel like uh, I'm not going to get upset if Mm. I'm at Hollywood for 10 minutes instead of five. Um, So that was really nice. I'm actually impressed. You had like a a time goal anyway. Like I, I, I feel like if I had done this, I had just been like, I'm just going to try to finish it. So I'm, I'm, I think it's cool that you were like, I'm going to try to have this other goal, but if I don't hit it, that's okay. Yeah. And I think I talked about that in the last episode where I was like, if, if I, I'd be a 
damn dirty liar if I said I didn't have a time goal, even mm-hmm. though finishing is the, you know, really the only goal. Um, the 30 hour comes from, that was the cutoff for Tunnel Hill. A lot of 100 mile races um, have a 30 hour cutoff. So it was just kind of like, oh, I'd, I'd really like to hit that number. Um, and I have, I have no doubt in my mind that I could take lessons from this race, apply them better and hit go sub 30. Like some relatively minor changes or like just honestly running in cooler weather. Like I, I, I think I could, I I don't want to say easily because the uh, running a hundred miles is never going to be easy, mm-hmm. but I, I could definitely hit that sub 30. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't think it was that insane that I had a 28 hour pacing plan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it, things didn't work out for me the way I'd hoped they would, but, um, you know, that's, and, and again, that, that's all that, that was fine, but it was nice to have something to start with. Okay. Cause you need. When, you know, whenever you go into, you're running a distance for the first time. And I remember this, like, really hard from when I did my first marathon. Because everyone says, finishing finishing is the only goal. Finishing is the only goal. And, but there's a reality that if you don't have some manner of time goal, you can't, you can't plan your, what, how you want to run. Um, because you haven't learned yet how, how to run by feel for that distance. Um, so you need, you need, you need a barometer, you need something as a starting point. And, um, and so I had started with a pace plan of about 28 hours and in those conditions with the mistakes I made, that was too fast. Um, um, I'd like to correct that one day and, uh, and give it another go. But it, it was cool to like, again, to, to the loot, like the, that time goal went away and I was like, okay, we're just going to go finish this and we're going to, you know, we're not going to dilly dally. We're not going to walk it in, but I'm not, uh, I'm going to play it a little more conservatively and not um not put myself at risk of dnfing because i do something stupid mm-hmm. along the rest of the way this segment between hollywood and tunnel road brought me much joy because i had been talking about the tunnel detour to Paul for a good while mm-hmm. and really just joking like oh my god this detour is so terrible it, it, I know it's not that bad I just know it's going to suck because I'm going to hit it at 95 miles but he and he's just sitting there and I can see it in like his wheels turning saying he's blowing this out of proportion like mm-hmm. this it can't possibly be that this bad and whatever so we get up to we get to the detour we start and the detour starts with a little bit of an up 
and then a big, you know, fairly good down. Okay. And then you kind of go up a little bit and then make a turn. And then there's a pretty steep climb. Mm-hmm. And then it levels out and turns again. And then there's another higher steep climb. Mm-hmm. Now it's road. So it's not that steep because cars got to be able to do it. But it's still pretty steep for road. And um, I actually remember when we were going up it, there were a bunch of cyclists coming through. And they were going so goddamn fast. It was like, holy cow. So Paul sees the first big hump. Okay. And he's like, okay, this isn't that bad. He's just being a whiny little. Like I can hear him saying this. <laughs> and then you get up to the top of it and you can't see the second hump until you come around the corner. Mm-hmm. And he's in front of me. And I see him get around and he's, he's looking down. And then he looks up. He's like, fuck. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> and it just, I just laughed so hard. I was like, nice. Yeah, th- I told you, buddy. Like, like mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you what, like, getting to the top, and it's a very pretty view from the top of the hill. Once I hit the top of that hill, like, I was just so happy. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is the last, this is the last real challenge of the race is getting up here um is then you you go downhill to the tunnel aid station and you know i moderate concern about uh, a steady downhill and like actually picking up speed uh that tired that late in the race but you know that was fine got to the tunnel aid station talked to people i knew um for a minute got some more fluids got ice and um and we took off and um actually it was leaving that aid station somebody got a picture of us walking out and heading out and that is i think my favorite picture from the whole race of just like get it just i feel like i see that picture and i feel how I feel all the emotion mm-hmm. I had oh, at a, that point in time. It's good though that someone someone snapped that. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so happy they got that picture. Um, and you know, the stretch between that that three point eight mile stretch. So three point eight miles, like if you walk it, it's a little over an hour. And we, you know, so I knew we're going to run intervals, like we're going to be done in under an hour. And, uh, I remember like we got, you know, Paul kept asking me, what's your mileage on your watch? And he was like, when you're close to a hundred, cause we knew, we knew one, we know the course is actually 101.5, but also when you're when you're doing your watch they not always accurate so in the end i think my watch registered like 102.5 um but so we we're going along he's like we are running across 100 miles and so we're like 
I think it was like at 99.7 we started running. <laughs> I'm just like looking at it every two seconds. Like, come on, come on. Are we at 100 yet? Are we at a- mm-hmm. <laughs> I need this interval to stop. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And, you know, and then we, we hit 100 and we just stopped and we hugged. And Aww. it was like, yeah, I fucking ran 100 miles. Were you, could you feel anything at that point? Did you feel happy or were you still too like exhausted and, and kind of, you know, just pulling, pulling through? I, I was, I was definitely happy. I was very tired. Okay. Um, and so I noticed this cause I, I, I ran the sugar badger, which follows a lot of the same course. And I remember the first, the Sugar Badger was my first 50 mile. And I remember that stretch, very similar thing happened. Because you get there and you know you've finished. Like, you know you're done. You know you've hit your goal. Yeah, you got to finish walking or running that last 3.8 miles. But you know you did it. And so, you know, if I was like, actually racing for a podium spot or I was still like really close to a time goal. Like you you wouldn't, your mind wouldn't be able to quite go there yet, but you leave tunnel aid station. Your goal is only to finish. You know, you did it. And in that last 3.8 miles, like all of my emotion came out in that stretch and um just throughout that throughout that stretch just i just thought so much about all the reasons i'm running this how proud of myself i was for dedicating myself to this and putting in the training and overcoming all of the problems i had throughout the race and not quitting and like so when i got when i got to the end i had let all of that almost all of that emotion out and so you know we get to belleville and the way the course works is you kind of cross a couple town roads and then there's a path that goes under a bridge and into the park where the finish line is and um, I had uh, my brother and uh, my friends Kevin Jordan and Josh Hobine um, were actually at the bridge um, before it goes under the underpass, and um, and they all ran in with me that last I don't know a quarter mile if that, um, and you know I ran that I was like no I'm gonna run. now in fairness. It felt like I was running pretty hard. I was probably running 13 minutes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> very slow. Very kind slow. Of. But, you know, but it. I still, I ran that. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you get around, you get under the bridge, you cur- come up the curve, you make the right turn, you go across the bouncy bridge past the park up the like five stairs around the curve of the road and turn onto the chute into the grass and there's the finish line nice and um 
I, you know, I ran right up to Scott, had a big hug with him. And it's, you know, and then he let me go. And I, I just kind of like in that moment was just like, I just wasn't there mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I there, it was like everything and nothing was happening at the same time. And fortunately, someone was like, he needs a chair. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is about to fall on his face. I, uh, we need something real fast. Yeah. And they got me sit, sitting down and, um, uh, you know, and, and that was, and, and then, you know, I just sat there and chatted with the folks who were all the other folks who I knew were running the race. And you know, one of the cool things is like every, like all the people who are here because of 10 junk miles, like they want to stay at the finish line until the end. Mm-hmm. They want to watch everyone come through. And that's what we did. We watched everyone else finish um, and cheer them on as they're coming across the line. And that was just so, so cool. Even as wrecked as I was, as they all were, you know, we, we still managed to get, that energy for the people who are who are finishing and especially like when I saw people finishing who I'd passed on the way and you know who who may have looked like they were having a hard time like to see like yeah fuck yeah buddy like you pushed through it you got to the end Mm -hmm. so you know there was like an immense joy for what I did and also for all the other people who realized their goal and got to the finish line and overcame um, whatever problems they were having. Um, and so when I when I crossed the line, um, I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but 100-mile races, the traditional thing to do is to have a belt buckle as Ooh. your finisher's award. I'm holding it right now. Can I take it out of the... Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's... Okay. This thing is like big as my hand, almost. It's got a badger on it. It says Badger 100. It's got that tunnel. It's got Illinois. Is that a fish? Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Oh, over 30 hours. All right. Please tell me you're going to wear this. You're going to buy like a really cool belt well, and then just like wear it around. What's cool is Scott gives you a belt um, at Packet Pickup. And yes, I have worn it out. Did you see the inscription on the back? I did not. Hang on. It's heavy too. It's nice. Yeah, it's legit. Hang on, I'm gonna read it, and it's got a glare. Hang on, here we go. You meet a lot of cool people on the trail. Oh, one of them is you. That is really cool. Oh, Bob, that's so cool. I'm so very proud of you. Like. This was, I was so thrilled when you told me that you'd finished it. And I am just super glad that you got something this cool to commemorate it with. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty damn cool. And, you know, it's, and, and this is something I was thinking about. Like I had that, you know, yes, I had wanted to finish under 30 hours. And if I had finished under 30 hours, I would have gotten a slightly smaller buckle that doesn't say over 30 hours on it. Um, but it's still, of course, very cool. Um, and 
I didn't I didn't realize when when I cuz I knew this was what I would get if I took over 30 hours. And I think at first it was like I I, I almost didn't want that. like I really wanted to get the normal buckle. I didn't realize how much this particular buckle that it says over 30 hours on it would mean to me mm-hmm. because it it really acknowledges that I went through some shit. I had problems mm-hmm. and I still stuck it out and I still finished it despite all that shit. You know, and, you know, it's awesome that this race has a cutoff of 36 hours to give people the opportunity to have that moment. You know, if 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 this race had a 30-hour cutoff, I would not be a finisher. I would not have had the chance to... It would have been a lot harder for me to overcome those problems. I probably would have been pushing a lot harder in different places and maybe I make it, maybe I just completely blow up. But this, I, I thought this was like, I think deep down, like it kind of felt like, okay, this is kind of like a nice thing, but whatever the, this means a lot to me. And do I want one? Do I want one of the normal ones? Absolutely. But I will always take great pride in, in this one. So, well, I would say most people like after what happened to Tunnel Hill, I would say a lot of people I know for and in, I'm not judging this. If this would have been somebody who had had what happened to you having a uh, having a Tunnel Hill and just gone like, I'm I'm out, I'm done. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to keep doing this. I tr- I gave it a shot and this did not work out. And like you and I have talked about like it's fine to fail and that kind of thing. But like I mean, you got back up and got right back on training and did this. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. It's, and I would say it's like same opinion. Like if, if somebody went and did a hundred and it didn't work out for them and they were like, this is not for me. Um, you know, I would not fault anyone for like in, in the week and a half now, almost two weeks, uh, since the race, when I've talked to people, it's like, I don't know that I'd ever recommend you do a hundred miles. <laughs> recommend is a strong word. <laughs> well, and I think about it like I can go run a marathon for fun, mm-hmm. you know, and not push myself to the limit. Yeah. I mean, there are people who can't race for fun. Like they, they're just so competitive mm-hmm. every time they race, no matter what they're going as hard as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. I can do a marathon. I can do a 50K for fun Mm -hmm. and not really push myself to the limit. Um, 100 miles is so far that there there is no running 100 miles for fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know there are people out here, out there that run lots of hundreds and are conditioned to it um, a lot better. And I know some of them. Um, But it, it is, it is for the vast majority of people going to be a maximum effort every time. And so, um, and I think that that is why, you know, that was why 
I had to go back and do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said, because after Tunnel Hill, it was like, if I, you know, I enjoy running and racing and this is a super challenge. And it wasn't that I had a bad time and it wasn't the experience that I, I wanted. It was that I wasn't ready and I was sick. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, if I had, if I had given up that, if I had said, you know what, I'm not gonna, you know, I tried it. I'm good. Um, I would, I'd know that was, that was the easy way out, mm-hmm. you know, cause there are perfectly valid reasons not to run hundreds. They're perfectly like arguably there's no reason to run past 10 miles. <laughs> I was talking about somebody, uh, this was somebody the other day. Like, there's really no reason to ever run more than 10 miles. I mean, like, even the reason that marathons exist is because there was a dude who needed to run that distance to tell people the Trojan War ended. I think it was the Trojan War. There was a whole reason, story behind that. He's like, I gotta go tell people it's over. And that dude dies. Like, he gets there, he tells everybody, and his heart explodes. So then we all, as human beings, went, we should definitely do that. Like what? It doesn't matter that he died. We're gonna set one up next year, next year, next year, next year. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, well, so here's an interesting thought about that. Um, is that, you know, if you if like your plans for a marathon blow up, there's almost always another marathon mm-hmm. somewhere, the next week. <laughs> yes, the, that you yes. can get into. That's true. If if your hundred mile plan blows up, while there are. Yeah. Not while there are a fair amount of hundreds, there are not nearly as many as there are other races, and for a lot of reasons. Um, so like if you so one of the things I was thinking about is like the Vermont 100, which is a race I would like to do, mm-hmm. it was canceled this year because of the flooding in Vermont, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was canceled like two days before the race. Oh. So, and I feel so bad for those race directors. Um, while I know most of the trail community is great, like I'm sure they had some people who were probably pretty crappy about it. Um, but you know, there was nothing they could do. The course was washed out. It wasn't safe. And, you know, frankly, the state of Vermont didn't need a bunch of runners showing up, um, (laughs) while they're trying to recover. Yeah, not really uh, something you needed added to the, the no. list. But, you know, it's like, if that was your big rate, if that's what you've been training for and planning up to, like, to lose that is such a such a huge emotional thing you have to deal with. Um, I know there was one person, at least, who was who signed up for the Badger late because... They were going to run Vermont and they ended up coming to the Badger, um, to, to get to Nacho 100. Um, and I don't know their story, but I know, I just know that they came to the Badger and that, um, if I remember correctly, they made a comment that like what the 10 junk miles community is, is very special. And I, I couldn't agree with them more. Um, so we sit around, we watch people finish. Um, I look like I'm just not, not there. 
at all for <laughs> several hours. We we collectively went to dinner afterwards. Do you remember the dinner? Barely. Okay. I like I got there, Holly bought me a beer and <laughs> and I had some cheese curds and then I just I looked at my brother and I was like, We gotta go. Okay. Like we were I couldn't have been there twenty minutes. And it was bummed because there was like a big group photo later and I was like, ah, I wish I was in it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and then I went back to the hotel. Um, by the way, I took my sh- uh, my socks off after. Mm-hmm. Um, all the blisters grew back. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they were, it was upsetting. My feet were just totally fucked. My feet stopped hurting about three days later. Oh, what? It took days? <laughs> ah. No, no. It wasn't like, like I was laying in bed and they ached. No, it was like just every time I took a step. Ah, uh, okay. So if you were like, if you were stretching, as long as you weren't putting weight on them, right? Okay. So yeah, it was. But it was. Did I, you just I really, pass out? Like, did, how long did you sleep? Um, maybe twelve hours. Okay. Because right. we, I mean, we were in a hotel room, and we had to, he had a flight the next day to mm-hmm. go back to PA, and I needed to get home, and so like it wasn't like I could sleep really long. But uh, shockingly, I didn't feel super terrible and i'm sure part of that is i could have i probably i had more legs and more cardio in the tank Mm -hmm. that i didn't push to the limit and that's and i couldn't push them to the limit because i made nutrition mistakes okay and I, i i would guess i would guess that if i did a if I did a hundred where I really pushed it hard, like my recovery would be, uh, or as hard as possible, mm-hmm. I should say, um, that my recovery would have been worse. Um, but yeah, the next day, I mean, I, I, I got made fun of at quick trip. Um, the lady <laughs> behind the counter was making fun of me for walk for walking like, you know, an old man. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, it's funny. Like I, I'm a big, okay, I'm a big believer in that mistakes teach you how to be better at the thing you're trying to do and you have to do them. And also of the understanding that I hate making any and all mistakes be perfect now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm real interested in the fact that you've kind of, you've already kind of mentioned like you want to do another hundred and you've already got ideas of like what you could fix. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, I know just a. A, a couple of things right off the bat like I know I need to work on my shoes and socks a little bit I'm still not a hundred percent sure what happened that morning um but I I know I need to do something I, and I I I know of some things I can do to prove out that what I'm doing will work mm-hmm. um is it too early to ask, like, do you want to do the sugar badger again? Or is there, like you've said, the Vermont one, or is there another one in your head where you're like, I'm going to do this one next? Or are you taking a bit of a break? So, well, I have I have the um, the Door County Fall 50 Okay. Uh, in October. Yeah, I'm going to. Which you're coming to. I will. I will be up there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. I love running up there. I love that I've run a lot of the route. I in I know like the trail people are like, 
don't understand it because it's a road race. <laughs> it's a road 50. <laughs> but I just, it's just oh, such a. I love sub community opinions on oh, stuff. Yeah. It makes me so happy. <laughs> so, you know, but it's such a beautiful place and it's just such a. Um, I, I just love running up there. So I'm really looking forward to that race. Um, and then I'm going to do Bandera, um, which is 100K okay. in January in Texas um, with some TJM people. Okay. It's the only time of year you can run in Texas. I was going to say, thank God. When you said January, I was about to get worried. Then you said Texas. And I and went, okay. A, that's I'm worried bad. in a different way. Now, yeah, I got a different <laughs> worry, but it's not as, uh, it's different than the other worry. But I don't have, I don't have any plans past that. I, okay. I would like, I do, I would like to run a Vermont 100. I've been interested in that one since, um, I kind of got into ultras and I think, that's largely because I just love the state of Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, it's somewhere that Erica likes to go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a family who actually live on the course. Oh, that would um, be nice. Who I'm, I'm close with that, you know, they were like, yeah, like, come stay with us. And like, um, so, and I have friends in Vermont too, so that I haven't seen in a long time. So there's a lot of reasons, like, I would like to go and run that race. Um and that one is a little tougher to get into. It is a lottery. Mm. It's not like as hard as like Western states or hard rock, but um, it is a lottery. So you're not, it's not like you just have to get up early enough on Tuesday to, to register. Um, there are, uh, my buddy Ed was like throwing races at my face the other night. <laughs> He's like, you should do Javelina or you should do superior or you should do this. And I mean, Bob, you've run a hundred miles. The, the running community is your oyster. <laughs> so I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I think finishing this goal make, marks a, a very, a very specific point for me, which is I've reached a point with running where, um, there I am confident that I can do and finish any race that I want to. Okay. That I I know how to train for them. And while there are races out there I certainly would need to get more fit for, like I know I could do it. Mm-hmm. So now it really is a lot more about instead of proving to myself what can I do, what do I want to do? Okay. Where, what, what, what appeals to me? What do I think will be fun? What are challenges that I want to go for? And thinking more about time goals or conversely, just places I want to go and have fun at. Yeah. You know, either or it's, it's no longer in my mind. Uh, can I do this? And that's a really cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, there are some other races out there that I have interest in. Um, I, I am drawn to the Leadville 100. Mm-hmm. Um, I am interested in uh, some stuff in the Pacific Northwest, some stuff that's not races. Um, rim to Rim to Rim mm-hmm. at the Grand Canyon. or Ooh, that would be cool. The Wonderland Trail. Which goes around Mount Rainier. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's like 93 miles. Wow. Um, and it's not a race. It's just 
a run, you mm-hmm. know, it's something you go out and do. Um, so there's stuff out there. I don't know what the next year is going to be yet. Um, you know, uh, I would love to do the badger again. Mm-hmm. One, I want to get the other buckle. <laughs> Two, um, one of the things they do for repeat finishers okay. is, do you know what a concho is? I don't. What is that? A concho is like a little round disc um, that you can put on the belt. Oh, okay. I've seen these. I've yeah. seen these. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and they have a different one for each year you finish. Okay. So like the, the second time you finish, you get the one. Then the, the third time you, finish, you get the two and they got different designs on them. So it's um, so there's like added incentive. Um, I'm not gonna lie, like I had planned to make some dumb joke about how like having been on this podcast with you, it was like I ran the race in spirit and should also get a belt buckle. But now after hearing you like talk about the race and think about it and show me the belt buckle, I'm like, that joke's not funny. You don't deserve that belt buckle. (laughs) That is a belt buckle for people who did something. It feels pretty good to wear it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I definitely wore it at my family reunion days later. Nice. I'll make myself like a podcaster belt buckle or something. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> um. All right. Let me. Let me. I, I took like these these notes, and I think I hit most of them. Um. Throughout is while I'm looking over this. Is there any other things you're curious about about the race that? You haven't got a chance to ask yet. Yeah, actually, there's one big question I, I really have because it's been I want to say like two weeks since the this happened. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Like, do you occasionally just kind of are at work or something, and you think like I've run 100 miles, and like, do you feel proud of yourself? Do you feel happy about it? Like, because I hope you do, but I I'm curious to see like how you're feeling about it now that you're like reflecting back on it. Um. I am very proud of what I did. Good. Good, um, good, good. And I think, you know, it's weird because now I look forward and think about future races and it it doesn't feel as daunting mm-hmm. as it did before. And, and I knew that would happen. You know, it's like the first time I finished, like the, when I went into run the marathon the first time, it was like, oh, my God, can I even can I actually move 26.2 miles in one go? And and then after I did it, it was like, well, yeah, I can do it. It's just a matter of how hard do I go? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with with this distance, I've obviously got, you know, a lot of room for improvement, mm-hmm. um, namely like. Besides the, the the things that I did mention, I'm not super efficient at aid stations. That's something I have to work on if I'm going to get faster um, at these. You know, I you can if if I'm you know just a like three minutes faster at each aid station that cuts an hour off mm-hmm. your time. You know, like so that for instance. Um, but. Um, you know, it, it, I look forward now and I'm like, okay, like I, I can see what I need to do, what um, what things really helped in preparation. Like the sweat test really helped. Mm-hmm. That was good. And I would want to do that again um, for depending on the race conditions. Um, 
I I know that I did good with getting stuff for my brother mm-hmm. um, and having it um, all ready for him. I think if I did if I had another situation like that, I would have I would try to organize the bag a little better for him. Okay. Um. It, or whoever would crew me. Um. I thought my clothing choice was perfect. Um, okay. That worked out great. I was happy with my waist pack, um, and even though I didn't wear it the whole time, I did switch it at one point. Like it, it, it was the right choice, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, unless I was running a race where I, where I had mandatory gear that I had to carry, and it wouldn't fit. Um, so it, it's. It's relieving. It does. It does pull this big monkey off my back. Mm-hmm. Um, that was more than just finishing this race. You know, the, it was. It was this. This was me showing that, hey. I have. I figured out what's holding me back in life. Mm-hmm. And what has caused me problems. And I found that out because of listening to long runs on 10 junk miles and getting it through my thick skull that I needed to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I found that out. I found what the problem is and I started treating it. And then I. After that, I finally, you know, I was able to apply that and go and uh, actually put all the pieces together to finish this. And if I can do that, I can do that in other parts of my life that have been problematic for me. Mm -hmm. So... I've there's this this huge wave of relief for me in general. I feel my stress level like has come down tremendously. Okay. In the last two weeks. That's great. Across the board. Um so it it's weird. Like I've heard the argument before that there's nothing special about a hundred miles. And uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> and I understand where that sentiment comes from. It is just another distance, you know. And you can go further. I mean, there's 135 mile races. There's 200 mile races. There's further. Um, but you know, this to me was like. This was the first thing I failed at in running and then to to come back and figure it out and work my way through it and get there just meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. So um, and I look forward to continuing to spend time in in r- running ultras and in the community. You know, there are some things... Like, I do have some goals. I really would like to run a sub-4 marathon. I'd like to run a sub-10.50 mile. 
Um, you know, so I do have goals at other distances, things I'd like to work towards. Um, I, I don't see myself becoming someone who's just uh, consumed by the 100-mile race. Okay. Uh, I, I think even even with the knowledge that I have now and, like, okay, I have a much better idea of how to pack quickly for this and what I need and what I don't need. Um, you know, and that that's a lot of it, honestly. Logistically, hundreds are tough because it's a multi-day event. Mm-hmm. You need, you, you know, I know people who run without crew or pacers, but I don't think that's something I'd want to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, you know, I, I like having the crew there, the pacer there. Um, and I kind of like, I thought about this a little bit, and, and this is one of my notes, is like, the I, I, I get why people want it, like, I get why people see it as something that is an accomplishment to, like, do it solo, do it uncrewed. Um, but unless you're going to go do, like, something like LAVs, and you're going to do it uncrewed, like, there's always people to help you. There are the aid stations mm-hmm. you're relying on. So like it gets to me, it's like, it just, the draw of doing it solo doesn't really, it does, I don't feel like that's something, Oh, I got to go prove I can do it solo. It feels like something that's something you do after you've done a few of these. And you're like, I wonder if I could do this with a crew. Yeah. Well, and I think I would have to guess that most people who, who get to that point probably, um, and this is pure conjecture. You can, I'm sure folks will disagree with me, but, uh, you know, people who are, that's mostly just a matter of confidence in running hundred. Mm-hmm. And like, if you can do it, you probably could have done it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, happy to be, um, to find out. Um, it's weird to talk about now because I finished and I feel really good. Like I haven't been a ruined puddle of a man for two weeks. Like my feet are jacked, but like I've been running this week. Like, so it's weird to sit here and talk about how hard it is. Bobby hallucinated like four times and you were sleep running. Yeah. That sounds like it was really hard. It was hard. So you, you, um, you, you gotta want it. You really do. And um, we talked about this last time. Oh, like, yeah. Do things you want to do. It's weird because I feel like I feel like you don't. I feel like you're the only one who can figure out what it is because it's got to mm-hmm. have weight for you. So even if it's like I want to, I want to do this to prove to myself that I can. If you think that and notice, like, okay, there's some weight to that. Like, like that's what's gonna push you through. Anything you try to do is going to come up to a point where, like, wow, this is really hard, or I'm really yeah. going to struggle here, or and there's going to be that one person who's like really good at it immediately, and you don't just don't compare yourself to that. It's just going to make you, you crazy. Yeah. Um. But you know that event eventually, if if you are seriously just doing something because this is actually a lot of fun for me, and I I feel really good when I when I continue to get better. That's got weight to me. That works right. for me. But if you're if you're looking at me right now and like you're like sass, that would never work for me. I'm like that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But you gotta find you gotta sit with yourself for a little bit and be like, what? What? Try different things. Like make a list. Yeah. It it really can be just like a like a a kind of a boring process to figure out like why do I want to do this and what like I keep saying has weight to it when I think about it and mm-hmm. then 
try that out. <laughs> like, unfortunately, there's, uh, the, unfortunately, nothing is like magical and just kind of clicks in and it's all great. And you, like, sometimes you gotta like look at yourself and it's very annoying. Like, I never want to do it, but yeah. it always kind of works out. Yeah, yeah. No, the, any any like self reflection. No one, no one wants. To oh do it. God, self reflection. Isn't that the worst? No. <laughs> I don't want to think about things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at my feelings. No, 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 no. no. I'm going to shove them into the bottom of my feet like I'm almost walking on them. And I'm sure no problems will arise from this. Um, A a couple last quick little notes here. Um, I have one note that was like, it, it is a little weird because you hear like, I just talked about how like for 40 miles of the race, it was pure suffering. But it really, like, there are times when it's legitimately fun. Like, it was mm-hmm. really a good time. Like, one of the benefits of running such long distances is you have to run slower. Mm-hmm. So you can run at a conversational pace. You can chat with people. You can have a good time along the way, unlike, like, a half marathon where it's just you're pushing. Like, you can't talk to people. Um, so it, it is fun. It's not just all suffering. There Maybe is suffering. Ran through a, a blues festival sounded like I'm like that's so cool. Like what a cool memory. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's yeah. It is funny because I did remember somebody say, "Oh man, I, I just wanted to stay and watch the blues." <laughs> I could be like hanging out there instead of out here suffering. Um, uh, I I as much as uh, I I think all of the mistakes that I made, um, I. Um, and then I want to, I think I did a good job of addressing them, um, throughout the course of the day, mm-hmm. you know, um, and some were like, again, the shoe thing, which what uh, I'm going to be damning those shoes to hell, but, um, and it's pro it's not the shoes fault. It's my fault. We can give them a Viking funeral if you want. Ooh, that I like, like that. Fun. Huh? Um, but I did, I did a good job of, of troubleshooting and working through it. Um, huge thanks to um all the volunteers throughout the entire race Mm -hmm. um i I especially want to call out um shay and josh for um basically waiting on us at the finish line after working all night at orangeville and then they came to the finish line and were taking care of us you guys are awesome um we did get uh uh, a bat fly by in the middle of the night yes nice that was fun um and God, I hope it was a little brown bat. I love them. <laughs> I did try and throw up at one point. My you tried? To I throw tried. Up? It was my stomach hurt so bad. I was like, oh, I gotta get it out. And okay. it was just dry heaving. That was oh. right before that was right before Orangeville. Um, um it went, here's here's an interesting note. Um is I am interested in like some of the more scenic hundreds, mm-hmm. so to speak, but one um, and maybe this is just I'm getting older, but like the Badger's pretty. Like yeah. that Wisconsin farm country is pretty. Um, beyond that, though, you're racing. Like you got to pay attention to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're somewhere where you just keep like all you want to do is look around, like you're not going to be able to do that because you're going to keep falling. <laughs> so, like, it, like it's cool as like something like. Ure sounds, mm-hmm. which is a ridiculous mountain race in Colorado. Um, like how how much value is scenery in a race? Mm-hmm. And 
I just want to keep that in mind. Um, my legs were so stinking swollen at the finish line. The edema was ridiculous. Um, more salt. Uh, I did two. I did three weeks of sauna training leading up to the race. Okay. And so this is heat acclimation. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, you know, it was a combination of like running in the hottest part of the day, um, and also doing like twenty to thirty minutes in the sauna. Mm. I think that really helped me. Okay. Um, I I would you know for doing a summer race, that was really helpful. Um, and I would recommend it to others. Um, and then kind of the last point I have on this sheet is one of the big takeaways when I look at the difference between what happened at Tunnel Hill and the Badger is this really helped me understand, like really understand the difference between discomfort pain mm-hmm. and real pain okay yeah oh that's interesting because at tunnel hill like when whatever went in my hip at mile 43 like i felt like if i keep going i'm going to severely injure myself mm-hmm. like i this is this is not push through pain versus all the pain i had at badger was just suck it up buttercup you're gonna you're gonna finish this thing so that was um that was a really cool um really cool way to to see it and now have that knowledge Mm -hmm. um going forward i did ask my brother real quick um for some feedback on the race again he was completely new to it um he wanted to call out that um, 10 Junk Miles did a great job and he thought everyone involved was great. Um, he thought the course was easy to follow and get around to f- as a crew person. Um, and, uh, you know, that those were his takeaways. Like, he, he really had a good time. Um, nice. And he, he did seem to have some interest in trail running after the fact. So, um, be cool if he gets into it. So, um so if you've if you've listened to this whole podcast today, um, and you've you've listened to the past year, and you heard all of the work that I put into it, you know, and through the months of like that, it's it was rather mundane at times. There really there were sometimes I felt like it was a little hard to talk like kind of die, pull stuff up to talk <laughs> about because it's like, what did you do the last two weeks? I ran. A lot, you know, um, but, and it's part of the challenge of it. It's not always glamorous. You know, it's, it's just a lot of hard work and discipline. Um, and then you get to race day and it's going to be a hard day that you're going to have to go through some shit and you're going to have to push through. Um, so if this is, and, and so, and I don't, I don't, put it that way to dissuade anyone Mm -hmm. but understand like try to have a an understanding of what you're getting yourself into um you know i was pretty ignorant to it Mm -hmm. going into tunnel hill um and then i learned so much more like 
go crew people, go pace people, um, get that understand. Like, don't, don't feel like, um, you know, you, you have to jump into it mm-hmm. and just go blind. You know, there's, there's a, there's a level of like beginner's luck that can happen when you go into stuff ignorant. Um, but you know, certainly what I found was that it was this, it was too much of an obstacle to get over with beginner's luck. So you really had to build your way into it. And by doing so, I've made a lot of good friends in the community too. And, um, and you know, I, and I've gotten to do some really cool stuff in the last year on top of just finishing the race. So, um, I hope this has been, you know, educational for anyone who's interested in running hundreds or ultras in general. Um, because unlike, um, what somebody who wants to get under my skin, like wants to say, uh, ultras are not just hundreds. Um, <laughs> Um, I hope, you know, I hope that it, this is a good resource for people and that, you know, people can, you know, for years can listen to this and, and get some insight into it. You, you're going to have to go through it yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like you're going to have to learn some of these things the hard way, but I hope this can help prepare people better um, and get, get them in slightly better mindset right from the start. Um and, you know, for everyone who's listening, who's run hundreds, um, well, I hope this was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> hope all my dumb jokes were, were funny at least 50% of the time. I, I hope you enjoyed um, chuckling at the my misery and um, <laughs> the, and the mistakes that you have undoubtedly gone through yourself um, and... Uh, you know, it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a hell of a trip, and it's been great that you've joined me uh, on this sass. And- oh no, I've I've I really enjoyed being along for the ride. Like I felt like it was really it was just very cool to talk about these things and to see your perspective on a hobby that I really enjoy, but just from like a completely different point of view and and areas. And then and then hearing from you about a community of people that are doing it in a different way than I am. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it, it's cool. It, it's a, it's a cool community, and you know, and as much as I can be a part of it, like I'm, I want to go. I'll be volunteering for dots. Um, I don't know if I'll run Sugar Badger, but um, I'll be there in some way, shape, whether I vo- run or volunteer. I'll be at Sugar Badger. Um, Badger, as we've described, talked about in the past, is just a very bad weekend for me um most years so I, I don't know when i'll get back to badger but um hopefully um in the future and we'll see what else i end up getting into um in running and so you know we're we're gonna have at least one more episode probably i think we kind of talked about that like just yeah. one to kind of see where where you are after like a month or so yeah, I feel I feel like we'll do like one in like a month or so, mm-hmm. maybe close to the Door County Fall Fifty. Yeah, 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 that'd um, be a good idea. And then I could see like maybe one more episode in like a year. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, and just kind of see what 
what has happened in the last year. So, you know, um, as we're getting to this point, like um, for people who are following in real time, you know, the, the frequency of these episodes is going to kind of crater. Um, <laughs> but that was always the intention. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, and um, uh, as long as we have, as long as I feel like we have something to talk about mm-hmm. that is relevant to the story arc, um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, crank out a little more content. Um, but, um, you know, that this was the goal and, uh, you know, thank you all for being along for the ride. And it was a pleasure to run with, I know a, a number of people who ran Badger are listeners to this podcast and it was a pleasure to run with them, um, and get to celebrate with them, um, over um you know and uh yeah that's uh that's running 100 miles yeah excellent so um well we this is going to officially be our longest episode ever nice um and i'm not not terribly surprised no um I I am adamant though that um, I check in with you before we sign off on how your running is going. It's going really well, actually. It's it's strange. Uh, I would say like last last week or something like that. I just had a very frustrating day at work and yeah. logged off and went like, I just what do I do? How do I make myself feel better? I'm like going running. And I, nice. I, my roommate was like picking up food for both of us and I sent her a text and I think it just said like, I'm going running. I'll be back at six 30. <laughs> and she was like, uh, okay. I don't care. I'm still bringing the food home. But it was really strange. Cause like, I, I usually track a lot of what I'm running, like time, not that because I'm trying to beat anything, but I'm just really curious. Like, like how long am I going for mm-hmm. kind of a thing? I didn't do any of that. I was like, fuck it. Get your clothes on, get a hat on and go. And it was really strange to not be tracking anything and to just, I have a general idea of like the distances from my place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm picking a direction. I'm running in that direction until I feel better. And then I'm turning around. So it was very, it was fun. To, it was actually very freeing. It was a lot of fun to do. And I got back and I was like, oh yeah, that was exactly what I needed. That was beautiful. Perfect. That's awesome. And I've also been doing the, uh, what did you call them? Like the Jane Fonda leg oh, lifts. Yeah. I remember that. They're helping my hip pain. So, See? so things are good. Things are good. Awesome. It is fun to run without like any kind of tracking. I don't think I've done it for a while. Like I, I put nothing on. I'm like, I don't care how long I go for. I don't fuck it. No, I don't care. I'm just going until I feel better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm addicted to the, like the Strava and I can't not track a run, but, um, I, 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 every now and then it's like, Ooh, I could just go run. Yeah. And it'd be great. Well, and, oh, you know what? I got an email about. What'd you get? The Fall Color 5K oh, at the Morton Arboretum. Yay! I do love the Fall Color 5K. Yay. They give you a beer afterwards sometimes. Yes. So a beer. It's always so pretty. And I'm not running the marathon, so Look at I you, could run buddy. it. I could run it hard. Yeah. And then want to puke. No. <laughs> That 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 is a funny jump going. You know, it would be funny if my next race to like three to a five k. 
you would just get to the end, Bob, and you'd be like, where is everybody? <laughs> Where's all the food? Excuse me. Where's, I have finished. Where's would my... You- would you wear your belt buckle for this race? <laughs> like, um, excuse me, take a look at the belt buckle. I'm gonna um, need a beer, yeah. uh, mate, uh, really yeah, fast right now. <laughs> let's go. All right, well, let's call it. Um, All right. I'm glad to hear your running's going well. Bye bye. Oh yeah, sorry, keep going. And uh, and uh, you know, especially I love that. I love that like stress relief run. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bob, it's been I've been I've been glad to be uh, on this journey with you, and I'm I'm real glad I'm real glad we did it. This was very cool. Yes, yes, it has been cool. I'm sure I'm gonna get like 17 comments of like t- things that we didn't cover. <laughs> so that we're will... gonna need another one from you guys is... because we have questions. Yes, we have questions. So that'd be funny if we did a Q and A episode. Like we actually <laughs> took questions and like answered them. That I would do dangerous. that. It'd be fun, but yeah. I would do uh, it, well, and it would have to be any que- like oh any questions like an on the AMA. Table. That would be funny. You said 100 miles AMA. Oh my god! Like any question you want, and we'll be like, I guess we'll answer this. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> I'm gonna play the fifth on that one. <laughs> it's an answer. Yeah. I gotta check to make sure my mom's not listening before I will answer that question. She's not, so I can. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, listeners. Um, greatly appreciated. And you know, we do we we've not done a Patreon or any sort of kind of um, uh, compensation for this. Uh, you know, this has been provided um, just as a, a free podcast. It's something that we wanted to do. Um, if you feel so compelled that um you would like to contribute in some way uh i would ask um go to ronald mcdonald house charities and make a donation to them um as something that is very near and dear to my heart um and uh you know enjoy your running enjoy your running guys Bye. bye